So on my holidays there about a week, more than a week ago, 10 days ago, um, we, myself and a few priest friends, we went up to Austria. We've got a friend up in Austria who has a, a house in an area that in the winter is a skiing area. So it's a, it's a very nice part of Austria, way, way into a valley. So you're, you're following this, this valley road all along. And you can see the, the ski lifts, which, which often still run in the summer, because they bring up hikers. You know, so hikers just go up and walk, walk around the hills. Um, so we got to this, this, this village, uh, St. Jacob, and it is just stunning. Just postcard shots everywhere. You just can't miss. No matter what you take a photo of, it's a postcard. Right? Everything is so meticulously, perfectly aligned and symmetrical and color-coordinated. And, uh, and tidy and clean and ordered. It's just beautiful. So uh, on one of our outings, uh, well, we considered it an outing. For them, they were just going up to their shed, right? So just their shed is up uh, 1,200 meters, which is 200 meters higher than the tallest mountain in Ireland. Uh, so their shed was up there. So we, we hiked, well, we considered it, as I say, a hike, uh, up to their shed, which took about 45 minutes. Um, well, they call it a hütte. It's like a, I don't know, we don't really have a word for it in English. It's like a, it's more than a house. It's definitely more, it's, sorry, less than a house, more than a shed. So it's like a shed with a living room in it. I, yeah, it's kind of a cabin, but it has a barn attached to it. <laughs> we don't have it. We don't, they don't exist. We don't, we don't have them. But it's like a barn house with a living room. And a, yeah. So when we got up there then, this place, this barn house shed, cabin, was built in 17 something or other, okay? And they gave us a little tour. Now, what really struck me was everything that they did up there back, back in the day, up until relatively recently, everything they did was done with these lads. Everything was done by hand. You saved hay on slopes like that by hand. Then you had to bring the hay to the cows by hand and they would eat the hay, and then you'd have to milk them by hand, bring the milk probably back to the hot barn shed, or maybe back down to the house, but usually they would actually do all the work up there, make the cheese, make the uh, butter, and then carry that down by hand. And the slope, I mean, we, I said, we considered it a hike. They considered it just going to their barn. Uh, all down by hand, and then maybe bring it to the, the local shop or whatever it was. Everything was done, but everything was, it was hard work. Uh, even in the winter, they were telling us, um, when people would die, uh, because there wasn't a graveyard in that village, the people, the, the, the deceased, would be kept in the winter frozen, uh, and then when spring would come, the things would start to thaw, they would hike out of the village with the, the corpse to, to bury them in the, in the graveyard in another valley. Uh, just, I mean, what I'm saying is, everything, look, everything, when we see everything now, you go there now, and the barns look lovely, and the lawns look lovely, and the fences look lovely, and everything looks lovely. But that's all fruit of generations of really, really hard work. Do you mean none of, the, none of what you see there now came free, right? That was all people, blood, sweat, and tears for generations. So they have an appreciation of things, you know, and people there generally are. They're all hard working because. This is what they've inherited, this, this mentality, that if you want things to work and look good, get stuck in. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. 
get a pitchfork and start forking some hay. Because if you want to get something done, do something about it. Yeah, like the bog for us. Who, who said that? Yeah, yeah. It's similar for us, the bog back in the day. If you want a warm house, go foot and turf. End of story. So when it comes to our prayer lives, the, the, the gospel today uh, has, has two parts, the Our Father and then this persistent man who knocks on the, 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 house, the house door of a friend of his and says, two, a couple of friends of mine have arrived, I have nothing to give them. Can you get up and give me some bread for them? And he says, no, I can't because I'm in bed. Go away. <laughs> and then the Lord himself says, there's an almost humor in this, right? I tell you, if the man does not get up and give it to him for friendship's sake, persistence will get him up out of his bed, so much so that he will give his friend all he wants. Persistence. What does that mean? Keep rapping on that door. Keep rapping the door. I'm still here. Are you up yet? I'm still, I'm not going away. I need bread. But my friends are still here. Persistence. When it comes to our prayer lives, okay, sometimes we find persistence difficult because we want God to answer immediately. And there can even be a very dangerous accusation that if he doesn't answer immediately, he didn't listen or he doesn't love me. Or maybe he's not powerful enough. Or maybe he just doesn't care. Very, very subtle uh, influence of, of the evil one here, right? Uh, if, I'm, if I'm praying and nothing changes, well then, what's the point of it like? Does he even care? Does he even listen? Why should I bother? Like nothing changes. Or you prayed for something and not only did nothing change, but the thing you were trying to avoid actually happened. You were praying for someone's healing. You were praying for them and they died. You were praying for someone... Uh, to, f to find a job and maybe things didn't actually get better at all. Now, very, don't get me wrong, very often what we do pray for, we get, thank God. And so often, you know, things work out very, very well. But there are situations where things don't work out as we planned. There are situations where we plan, we pray for something and it doesn't change. So the, the Lord is aware of this. He's, 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 he's talking about this in this gospel, Okay. So he's aware of the fact that when we pray, we might necessarily immediately get what we ask for. So what does he say? What does he say? What's his advice? Persevere. Persist. Get stuck in and don't stop. Keep going. As Nike would say, just do it. Just do it. Just keep praying. Don't stop. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Keep praying. Use them knees. Wear out them rosary beads. Pray. Keep going. Don't stop. There's a, a kind of a legend told of uh, the Lord who appears to a man and tells him, I want you to roll this massive boulder up the hill. The man looks at the boulder and says, I'll never manage that. And the Lord says, try so day and night, night and day, for weeks, there he is trying to push this mammoth boulder of a yoke and trying to get every angle and trying to prise it with sticks and horsing into it and back and forward and shoulder and everything. Can't get it to move. And so he meets the Lord, who comes back. And he says, Lord, not only did I not succeed, right? I'm wrecked. Not only did I not even move the stupid boulder, my hands are all calloused, I'm exhausted. 
and all for nothing. I've achieved nothing. And the Lord says to him, is it true that you've achieved nothing? He says, yeah, boulder hasn't moved. And he says to him, look at your hands. Look at your arms. Look at your legs. Look at how strong you've become. Your daily workouts, he didn't use that word, but you know what I mean. Your daily effort, your daily effort has made you strong. You've learned perseverance. You've learned obedience because you didn't give up. You've learned to keep going even when it was difficult. I never wanted you to move the boulder. You never needed to actually move the boulder, but you did need to try because in trying, you learned. In trying, you grew. I can move the boulder. So in, in our prayer lives, our effort and our perseverance is the teaching. If we, get what, if we get what we were praying for, absolutely fantastic. But the journey is important too, not just the destination. We see this in Holy Family. like In Holy Family, with our young people here, it's not just about getting to the end of the year or I don't know, attaining some sort of a, a, a qualification or, or, or something. The journey, the, the, each day of the journey is healing. And you see this in marriage too. Do you know, what is a successful marriage? Like, I, how, would you, how would you describe a successful marriage? That you just tolerate each other? Don't kill each other. That's nice. It's a good start. It's a good start. Um, so what's, what's, what is a successful marriage like? You should be experts here, guys. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the single one here. Like, I mean, what is a successful marriage? One of the, I've, told, I've said this before, but one of the most beautiful things uh, I hear at, at funerals of people who are a little more on in years is uh, when the, the widow or the widower says about the deceased person, they were my best friend. That's one of those moments where I almost choke. I think it's the mo- one of the most beautiful things to say about your husband or wife when they've passed. They were my best friend. Because you get to the stage where you know each other so well and so deeply. Um, and, and you can show your love in so many ways. And not like you used to when you were maybe... 20 or 25 or something, but, but there's, a, there's a, a deep and ardent friendship, but like friendship in, in, the, in the fullest sense of the word there. And how did you get there? How do you get to this place of, of kind of profound friendship? The journey teaches you, you know, each day, the, the perseverance through each day, perseverance through each difficulty, perseverance through each day of bereavement when a family member is lost or maybe when, when a child is lost when there's a miscarriage or something, and and the walking with each other through these good times and bad times, that is what forms that profound friendship, that profound love. The journey is important. In our prayer lives, the journey is important. The perseverance is important. If we got everything we wanted immediately after praying, we wouldn't need faith, and we would never learn perseverance. If we got everything we wanted after one Hail Mary, well, then you don't need faith. You just make your demand, and the thing arrives. Whereas when we pray for something and it doesn't arrive immediately, then, then we have to walk by faith because do I give up? Do I stop? Do I start to doubt his goodness? Or do I persevere? It's interesting that God compares himself to a man in bed. 
to a man relaxing, a man busy after a hard day, and that we have to knock at his door to wake him up. I think, I think the Lord is actually, there's a little bit of biblical humor in here, I think, because the Lord doesn't sleep, nor do we have to wake him up. If you then who are evil know how to give your children what is good, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit, the original word for that is the consoler, how much will the heavenly Father give great consolation, give the consoler to those who ask him in his time? So we ask you, Lord, in our own intentions and problems and frustrations and needs. Lord, may we never give up. May we never slow down. May we never come to doubt your goodness or come to doubt that you're listening to us. May we persevere every day in prayer. And may this perseverance in prayer teach us faith. May it teach us to reach out to you and to hold on to you, even though we don't understand, even though we don't like what's happening. May we hold on to you, Lord, until the storm abates and we find ourselves at your feet. 